This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. It's our weekly hockey podcast with Brian Metzer, the Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. Tim Benz with you, as always, joined by Metz, who can be heard on the Penguin broadcast on 105.9 The X during intermissions, post-game Pens Live Weekly. Check them out there with Paul Steigerwald. Pens lose to the Caps on Tuesday night, sort of a turn-back-the-clock game for Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. They both score along the way, but the Penguins lose this one 4-3, to three, and it was sort of a erase the first 20 minutes, or at least the first 19 minutes and change. Uh, they yeah. were pretty good, but they weren't so good in the first period, and they were down 4 nothing. It was just too big of a hole to scramble back from. Yeah, you're exactly right, and giving up a goal 55 seconds in is not the way you want to start. Uh, the second one going off the stick of Graves, which came directly off of a Jake Gensel missed shot on the other end of the rink. It rings around the wall, comes up. Next thing you know, moments later, Beck Malenstein is getting his fourth goal of the season. He sounds like an ad executive, but uh, he, he got on the board. And then Martin Faravari doing his best John Carlson impression, dancing around the whole team. At that moment, I was very disappointed. And I'm thinking, my gosh, this is not what I anticipated especially when I sent you a note yesterday saying, oh, maybe we can record tomorrow, Tim, because the Penguins very well could be in a wild card slot by then. Hmm. Well, uh, again, not so much. So to your point, first period left a lot to be desired, but I did like the way that they kind of, you know, pulled themselves back into it. The late goal helped. And of course, when you have Sidney Crosby doing Sidney Crosby things and playing still uh, as some of the finest hockey in the league at age 36, Becomes the 12th all-time scorer in NHL history, jumping over Joe Thornton, who ironically had his career start being drafted in Pittsburgh back in 1997. Just a lot of cool little nuance in the game. And, um, you know, it's a loss, but I had a lot of fun watching Sid Novi Lockhorns because, to your point, it did seem like both players were up for it. And especially Sid, when the Penguins were in a hole, he, uh, he, he brought his game to a whole other level. And the goal he scored last night was one of the, the most fun Sidney Crosby-type goals we've seen him score in a while. And Alexander Ovechkin, who has not been scoring very much, hasn't been scoring even on the power play, which is a specialty, scored from a different spot in the power play. <laughs> yeah, it's no more uh, OV automatic from the left face-off circle, you know, where he just like set up, fire, score, set up, fire, score. He's kind of moving around a little bit, and I guess he's just picking his spots now, Tim, because... It, it's odd. I mean, Alex Ovechkin pushing 40 games into the season with just eight goals. Everybody thought it would be a slam dunk that it was only going to take a season and a half more for him to catch Wayne Gretzky. And now maybe it's in doubt altogether. Is he going to be able to score the 65 plus goals he's going to need to catch Wayne uh, based on how he's producing? But he still looks like Alex Ovechkin. He's still big. He's still a bull in a china shop. And the, the biggest thing, and I can't remember if I mentioned this to you, there was a stat that I saw, and I, I've been find, trying to find it again. It's now that they do all of that on-ice speed stuff and, and looking at how guys move and shot velocities, etc. They said that 
Alex Ovechkin is playing at close to two miles per hour slower than he was like two years ago. And that seems to have made in, 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 you know, a dent in his productivity because he's just not able to get to the areas, I guess, as quickly as he once did. Even though last night I felt like he looked like himself. He's still shooting the puck. He's getting opportunities. They're not, they're just not going in for him. And I feel like a game like last night against the Penguins in which he gets on the board, on the power play from a different kind of area, as you pointed to, is the kind of thing that could get him rolling here over the next handful of weeks and, and putting up some goals again and looking a little more like himself. I look at what they did in the game after getting down three to nothing, get the goal taken off the board after the offsides call, the review with three minutes left in the first. Then they give up the goal to make it four nothing. And then they still fight back with Raquel, who suddenly is scoring now. Uh, he got his yeah. third goal in uh, just about as many games. And, you know, coming out strong in the second to get the next goal, too, with the Crosby marker that we've talked about. I felt like this could have been one of those epic comeback kind of games. They just didn't have enough finishing kick to finish the whole comeback. You know, we were talking about this on post game last night and Stag actually made an interesting comment. He said it almost seemed, even though they had a lot of opportunities on those late power plays, it almost seemed as if maybe that was to their detriment because had they been able to continue playing five on five, the way that they had through the second period, and even parts of the third where they rolled up all those shots. I mean, they, they outshot the Caps by a very wide margin in those two periods of play that maybe they would have found a way to do it had they not got the power plays because they were not getting too cute, but it, they were looking for a lot of those like almost tips and deflections and shooting off to the right of the net a little bit, looking for those type of uh, fancy you know tip-ins. And if they would just get shots to the goal in those situations, they may have been rewarded for it. And plus, they, they had a number of shots blocked last night. Eric Carlson, for sure, comes to mind immediately as a guy that has really been plagued lately with not getting pucks to the net. He had seven shots blocked last night, Tim. Just him. Um, and, and when you got a guy that's that talented, who's supposed to be a weapon on your power play and offensively in general, he's either fanning or he's shooting wide or he's getting the shot blocked. I mean, he's still got a couple through, but it, it's really killing them. But yeah, it, it was disappointing that they roared back as they did, and it felt like they were going to tie the game, and it just never manifested itself. So they leave with their tail between their legs uh, with a loss. Uh, they still have a pretty impressive little stretch here going on, just three losses dating back to December 12th, where a number of good things have happened over that span. But you really, uh, for the way it went, I think that left a bit of a foul taste in their collective mouths last night because the Caps coming in and winning whenever they had been struggling, scoring just five goals in their past four games, going 0-2-2. and they, The Penguins had to feel like they probably had that one in the crosshairs and let it slip away. How did you feel about the power play last night? One for three, and overall now it's, what, two for its past 13 again? Yeah, they're into a little bit of a doldrum here again. Now, I guess you can hang your hat on the fact that they are doing some more different things on the power play. They seem to be getting some traffic to the front of the net. They seem to be getting uh, just a little bit more, I don't know, a misdirection, getting themselves some better opportunities. They do have nine power play goals in their last 10 games, but they are now in another prolonged drought. So as you just mentioned, the numbers. So I, I, I just two think for that, 13 and three for 20, I believe. Actually, if you want to three for 25. Yeah. And as a, as a collective unit for the season they still aren't good enough 
I mean, you got all that, that, all that firepower, all those stars, all those guys that have made a lot of money on the power play over the course of their careers. And uh, the sad thing is, if they could start scoring, I mean, Sid, with what he's doing this year, could really be making some headway in the scoring race here, Tim, had, if they're able to put up a couple more power play goals. And they're just not doing it. They've got to make it more of a weapon because it will hide so many other problems for them. I know they've played better lately. They've been better defensively. They're getting pretty stout goaltending. But there are times when they just still don't look right. They're not passing the eye test for 60 minutes, night in and night out, even though they've played so much better over the last two, three weeks. The power play would make you feel like they were maybe almost pushing towards being one of the top-tier teams in the Eastern Conference because of the fact that you would probably have won a couple more games, even just in this stretch of 10 that they lost based on getting a couple power play goals. So they got to get it going. I don't know what the answer is because they've tried some different things. They've switched personnel. Sullivan took Evgeny Malkin and Eric Carlson off the power play a couple weeks ago and mixed in some different faces. Still, it just hasn't really made a difference. And it's still kind of a topic of conversation and will be until they can get some goals consistently with the extra man. Tristan Jari allowing three goals in 13 minutes. How much of that was on him? Uh, I would say he, he was probably let down a little bit by teammates on a couple of the plays, uh, namely the Ryan Graves one that was just bad luck. But if that kid didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck at all. Uh, he found himself dropped to the third pair by the end of the night last night. He was skating with Chad Weedle. And, you know, I, it's sad to say, Tim, but I joked in the in the press box. I was talking to Angie Carducci and Kongerski up there, and I said, well, now Ruedel has been saddled with the anchor that is Ryan Graves. And that's one of their marquee free agent acquisitions, and that's how we're talking about him. That's not a good thing for him. It's not a good thing for the team. But that being said, I think he, you know, was responsible for at least one of the goals against, obviously, that he knocked in. I didn't love the John, uh, or I mean, the Tom Wilson goal coming down the the wing and just firing far side. It was still a nice shot, but it's one that if Jari was on his angle and he came out a little bit, he probably makes that save easily. I didn't like the Faravari one just because he danced around a number of teammates in the corner, got into the high slot where Jari is usually pretty susceptible. That's one thing in his game, even when he's turned it on and played some pretty good games, that he cannot seem to deal well with shots from outside through traffic because that's what that was, and it just beat him clean. And it was 3 nothing, and you're like, uh-oh, here we go. And Sully had seen enough, and he pulled the plug. He did come out and say he wanted to change the momentum a little bit by pulling him out of the game. But as he went through the rest of his kind of terse, not quite angry, but not happy post-game comments, he all but threw the goaltender under the bus and said, we felt we played good enough to win, but for the start. So I think he said it all without saying it there, that he wasn't thrilled with Jari's game. And uh, I think, you know, when I look back at it, it left a little bit desired, especially based on the way he had played the last couple. In our podcast on Monday with Mark Madden, our Madden Monday podcast, he advocated the idea of trading Jake Gensel unless the Penguins were securely in the playoffs in like a division slot, you know, not just scrapping yeah. it in as a wild card. Is that something you'd echo or how do you feel about that? I'm so torn on it just because Jake just scores. I mean, that's all he does. And he is a 40 goal type man. He's an energizer bunny out there, Tim. He can get knocked down repeatedly, get his butt kicked. And he just does, continues to get up and continue to play largely stays pretty healthy too. But are you going to find a way to saddle yourself with essentially a $9 million contract? Cause that's probably what it's going to take 
to sign him based on his productivity. And he is going to be 30 next year or uh, he's 29 right now. I forget exactly when his birthday is. So his next birthday is going to be a 30 year old. He's making six. Can I, I just don't know that you can find a way to do it. Now, all of that being said, if Brian Rust isn't going to live up to his contract, maybe you find a way to move him out before the end of it, but they love him. Everybody loves him here. Sid does as well, but Sid loves Jake Gensel. So if you envision yourself as an organization that wants to convince Sid to play beyond 24, 25, when his contract runs out, I kind of think it becomes a little bit of a two for situation where keep Jake, keep Sid for a year to year contract. But I know where Mark's coming from because of what I just said. I mean, the Penguins give him 9 million, Tim, their cap situation's already a little bit bogged down in future seasons, namely with Ryan Graves now and Eric Carlson through 26, 27 and a couple other names that are going to really be hitting your uh, bottom line. I, I just don't know that the money or cap space is there that allows you to still feel the contending team. And if you do want to try and retool and reload a little bit, if you can make a case to your, to your big core three, four guys that we're going to trade Jake to get in some other younger assets that can help you be successful down the line, maybe they'll, they'll sign off on it. But I, I think that it kind of upsets your apple cart a little bit, which you know, they may not care about, but I think it does a little bit in terms of, of Sid in your top line for sure if you trade Jake at this point when he is still a very viable 40-goal man. Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. Up next, Boston. The Bruins, 52 points atop the Atlantic Division, atop the Eastern Conference. I thought they were supposed to fade this year. <laughs> Funny about that, right? Uh, they just keep finding a way. They still got their goaltending duo that finds ways to make it happen. And what's intriguing about it, Tim, is that you got no name centers, essentially. I mean, this is a team that everybody thought, as you just pointed to, would be done for. And they're just cruising along, still taking care of business. Poster knocks at 50 points, 22 goals. And guys like Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka, who were coming into the season, the one and two centers on the team, are, are doing the job pretty well. They're not lighting it up the way a number one center typically would, but they're getting enough productivity from guys like Pasta and Brad Marchand and even James Van Riemsdyk's having a decent year for his standards at 34 years old. Um, I think that's what he is, uh, but it doesn't matter. He's older now. He's like Patrick Kane's age. They came in in the same year. He, um, they're, they're finding a way, and they're winning. Yeah, he is 34 years old. I, did, I wanted to correct myself, but it, it's it's all – just the way they play. They're tough to play against. They're good defensively. They get good goaltending and they score goals when they need to. And it all has mounted up in terms of victories and has them sitting, as you said, at the top of their division with 52 points right now, nice four point lead on the Florida Panthers. And uh, I know they're neck and neck with the, the Rangers in the conference, but they're in pretty good shape here in the East. And uh, maybe they've dipped a little as of late, even though they've won four in a row. I know Stag thought that it might be a, a game that's primed for the Penguins to take tomorrow. I just I, I think it's a tough situation for the Pens to go into based on how Boston's playing right now. And it might start the 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 cart going downhill for the Penguins if they lose another one in a row here. Mitch, do you think that Jari will eventually show up one day at practice and say, I'm just not gonna report as the number two goaltender? That seems to be the thing to do around here lately. Yeah, you know, no one wants to dress as the uh, as the two. I mean, that's just something that that 
I, I mean, there was no talk of, of Jar even being the two, Tim. So I don't know why you're bringing it up. <laughs> what, but what, what if they made him the e bug? <laughs> <laughs> he could be the e bug, yeah. Uh, he could be. He, it's like uh, what the story our buddy Vince had told us the one time that his cousin or whatever was the e bug eating an Italian sausage sandwich, and they're telling him, "Oh, you may have to dress for the game." <laughs> He's like scrambling around, uh, getting dressed down there. But yeah, Jari. I mean. I thought he was getting better, Tim, and, and he kind of is. But Nedeljkovic just lights out so far. 924 save percentage on the season. He's cruising along at 6-3-2. and two. These last couple of weeks, he's looked really, really darn good going into the new year. And maybe Sully, you know, is on to something because he kind of rode him a little bit coming down the stretch in December. And Tristan Jari is primed to be a disgruntled number two before this is all said and done. And wouldn't it be wild? People talk about trading Jake Gensel. Wouldn't it be something to see the Penn say, okay, well, we can find maybe a, a cheaper veteran goaltender to back up our newfound Alex Nedeljkovic, who's looking a lot more like the rookie he was with Carolina a number of years ago that was a Calder Trophy candidate, won the Calder Cup in the AHL, did all these great things in that organization before wallowing with the rebuilding Detroit Red Wings team for a while because he looks uh, a lot better than what anybody anticipated the Penguins were getting when they brought him in as a free agent. Mets, appreciate it. We'll do it again next week, okay? Sounds good, my friend. Thanks for this. Happy New Year to you. Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network.